Hi, this is Pastor Emily McGinley from Urban Village Church, Hyde Park, Woodlawn. If you've been to UVC, you'll know that we seek to be three things, bold, inclusive, and relevant. We know that there are countless folks across the country and out there in podcast land like yourself, seeking a message that will bring insight, hope, encouragement, and joy as we do this thing called faith. Please consider making a financial gift to help us with this work of inspiring, equipping, and sending out agents of gospel life and inclusive love. Just go to www.urbanvillagechurch.org forward slash give. Thanks for listening and God bless. Our passage today comes from Leviticus 25, 1 through 7. Listen for what God is saying to you. The Lord said to Moses on Mount Sinai, Speak to the Israelites and say to them, Once you enter the land that I am giving you, the land must celebrate a Sabbath rest to the Lord. You will plant your fields for six years and prune your vineyards and gather their crops for six years. But on the seventh year, the land will have a special Sabbath rest, a Sabbath to the Lord. You must not plant your fields or prune your vineyards. You must not, get, must not harvest the secondary growth of your produce or gather the grapes of your freely growing vines. It will be a special year of rest for your land. Whatever the land produces during its Sabbath will be your food for you, for your male and female servants, and for your hired laborers and foreign guests who live with you as well as for your livestock and for the wild animals who graze on your land. All of the land's produce can be eaten. May God add a blessing to the hearing and understanding of Scripture. Good morning again. Um, let's uh, begin with a word of prayer. God, we thank you for the gift of coming together as a community to hear where we are and how you are among us. And we ask that as we enter into this time of reflecting on your word, um, that you would clear away the clutter of our minds, help us to, to be receptive to what it is that your spirit is saying to us, that we might be obedient to where your spirit is leading us to go. And so be with us now in this space. Speak to us in ways that we want to hear and maybe in ways that we'd rather not hear, but all the same, that we might be transformed and moved to living more fully into those lives you've created us to live. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So earlier this week, uh, I had an opportunity, or I, I heard about an online tool that allows you to calculate your ecological footprint. The average individual American requires 24 acres of land to support their lifestyle. And that translates into about five planet Earths if everyone on Earth lived the way an average American lived. I'll admit that I was a little reluctant to take this assessment. I don't think of myself as being especially wasteful, but I knew it probably was not going to be pretty. I fly several times a year. I eat meat nearly daily, every day, and I buy clothes with regularity. And so when I saw my result of three and a half planets, <laughs> I was humbled. But I'd be lying if I didn't say I felt just a little bit smug that I was one and a half planets better than the average. <laughs> I'm still working on my salvation. Uh, so the footprint calculator did not ask if you were a member of Amazon Prime, which I'm pretty sure would probably cost me another half a planet. And growing up in the Pacific Northwest, I had already sort of imagined an ingrained value, had an, already had an ingrained value for thinking about the environment. If we don't take care of the earth, it will disintegrate, we will run out of resources, and we will all die. 
or we will die before we run out of resources because the Earth has become a surface of, of molten lava, right? So those are things I kind of had a sense of, pretty straightforward. These are important reasons why we should take care of the Earth, for sure, and I'm, I'm down for all of them, right? But from a Christian perspective, it really stops short of the fuller picture that God is working from. And that's because God's vision for creation, which includes us, is that we operate as a whole system. Humans have a special role within this system, but it isn't one that sets us apart or over and above creation. If anything, it calls us to a deeper and more attentive way of being integrated with creation. Now, the stories of Genesis 1 and 2 describe God forming most of creation before bringing humans into the picture. And this makes me think that even though we like to think we stand at the center of things, creation actually, I think, has its own value, its own agenda, and its own vocation or purpose given by God, which exists beyond humanity. And so when God forms humanity, we read that the primary reason for our existence is to steward that purpose of creation. We were created as servants of creation. Now, more often than not, in the Western world, that idea of steward has been interpreted to mean something more along the lines of master. A master dominates, binds, controls, and extracts what creation has to offer. And the history of language around the wilderness kind of reflects this. So much of it speaks to taming the wilderness and beating it back. And I get it. The wilderness can feel scary and dangerous. It is infused with power, and it demands respect. And the fear this creates within us leads us to deal with creation severely. But we know that as true as these fears might feel, we are not called to be a people motivated by fear. Stewardship is not about fearful behavior. It's about caring for and tending to. It's an orientation that thinks, hmm, what will help this flourish? I am a steward of my child. I'm a steward of this congregation. We are in many ways stewards of one another and of the neighborhoods that we live in. It's an ethic and a mindset that is informed by our relationships. Now, the book of Leviticus, uh, despite maybe the bad rap it might get from time to time, uh, is all about relationships, actually. How should we live together? What kind of people are we? Who is God to us? So we're going to focus on our passage today and what that says about our relationship with creation. Whether we like it or not, we are bound up with creation. It's health and wellness from waterways and wheat fields to backwaters and beachfronts. The health and wellness of it all directly impacts our own health and wellness. Sometimes, though, because it's such a big concept, it can be hard to comprehend. And so for this reason, I've invited uh, Laura Bucco to join us in worship today. So Laura, come on up. Laura works for the M Metropolitan Water Reclamation, Water Reclamation District of Greater <laughs> Chicago, which does a lot of things, I don't know how to do. much of which uh, you might be surprised to know has to do with water. Uh, including protecting and increasing the safety of our water in Lake Michigan and all waterways. 
Laura is also a member of UVC, uh, worshiping at our South Loop location, and she made a special trip down here uh, with us to Hyde Park Woodlawn, uh, navigating the confusing streets of uh, the Midway. Ask her how, uh, how she ended up going <laughs> the wrong way in one street. Um, but she's also, and also, uh, uh, she's also a member of our anti-racism team. So clearly she's a, a stand-up person. Um, so welcome, Laura. Um, and uh, can you give us a little sketch of, of what you do? Sure. Um, everyone can hear me okay? Uh, so, I work for the Metropolitan Water Reclamation District of Greater Chicago. Basically, we are the department that treats your wastewater. So, anything that goes down your drains, the toilets, the stuff that people don't want to think about. Um, I've always been interested in being in the environmental field. Uh, I actually started in environmental engineering in college, and then I dropped out, took a little detour, tried to do food science for a little bit, and then... Um, ended up back in the environmental field. And I actually remember at my old church, we were doing a discipleship, that red book that I'm sure some of you have done. And I believe we were talking about Genesis and being stewards of the earth. And I felt like, okay, this is my calling that I need to get back to. And um, I've been in there ever since. So, so what, like, what Oh, sorry, my specific yeah. job. Sorry, <laughs> teacher. Right. So my title is environmental specialist. Uh, I work in the department where we monitor what different industries in the area discharge into our sewer systems, so making sure that they're not polluting more than they, what they should be um, so that we can maintain and make sure our waterways are clean. I'm going to try to keep it not so technical, so if it gets too like technical, please just raise a hand. Raise a hand and I'll like... <laughs> bring it down. Uh, I, I do remember Laura mentioning um, it's really hard uh, to go on first dates and tell, talk about what you do because you're talking about the sewers. Yeah. Um, it's not like so, the most uh, she, I'm sure she'd welcome any uh, tips on that front too. <laughs> not, not in general in dating, but maybe how to, how to massage that message. So anyway, uh, speaking of relationships, as I mentioned, the book of Leviticus uh, emphasizes relationships. And, and so I've been thinking actually about how our passage for today um, sort of illustrates a kind of cycle of, of relationships, restoration, and renewal. And so I was curious about how you might see those concepts at play. So first of all, um, what are ways that you see us in relationship with our water here in Chicago or how you've seen our waterways uh, relate with other aspects of the environment? Sure. Um, so I think water is one of the resources that we really take for granted. We don't really think about you know, where it comes from. Like we just turn on the tap and then when we're done with it, it goes away and we don't really know where it goes. Um, but the thing is, Chicago is a city that was built because it's on two very important um, waterfronts. We have Lake Michigan, which is actually our source of our drinking water, and then the Chicago River, which is where the water that we use then goes to. Um, and then our department is the one that cleans it out before it goes there. But no one ever really thinks about that. Um, we actually have seven white wastewater treatment plants in Cook County, and we treat over a billion gallons of water a day. Um, and so once it's treated, so that means we take out the impurities, Poop. <laughs> poop out of the water, um, whatever other you know particles are in there. We have um, other ways of treating it to make sure it's clean, and then that gets um, put back into the river, and then it goes down downstate, um, downstate to St. Louis. <laughs> but um, for those of you who maybe aren't familiar with Chicago history, we actually uh, reverse engineered the river. Um, previously, it actually used to go into Lake Michigan. But because Lake Michigan is such an important, um, vital resource for us, that it's our clean, freshwater drinking water, we needed to figure out a way that we're, we weren't just 
dumping all our waste into the river. This was prior to when um, we had our department cleaning things up, um, but basically it just went in there and you're drinking it and that's how like cholera started and all those things. Um, so uh, it's really important that we keep our uh, water resources clean um, so that not only that we have uh, drinkable sources, but for uh, animals too and nature and our neighbors down south. <laughs> So this, uh, there are several relationships that you're kind of mm -hmm. identifying. There's like the one that is in our bathroom, right? That we, that's like our or kitchen or whatever, and and then that's the individual, and then it kind of goes and collect, gets collected, um, or you know, filtered in, into the same uh, place, and then uh, out in, in relationship with the rest of, of the state. Mm -hmm. um, so those are kind of exponentially larger um, relationships. Um, you know, in some ways, I think that uh, our, I've been, as I was sort of meditating about this idea of relationships, and you kind of touched on this a little bit about sort of managing the amount of pollution that goes into our water, which is mm -hmm. an interesting way to think about it. Um, sometimes I think about our, our relationship with creation, um, how it isn't really all that different uh, from the ways that we actually are in relationship with one another. So sometimes we kind of treat each other poorly or overstep boundaries. And when we do this, we try to like restore our relationships, right? So I was kind of thinking that, in a way, it's not all that different when it comes to like our non-human relationships. So in our passage for today, we see that God is calling on God's people to build in habits that repair our relationship with the land. So there's this kind of a bit of an assumption like there will be some kind of misuse or abuse or, or, or kind of hardship that happens in the land. And so God sort of builds in these periodic opportunities for, our, for us to sort of repair that relationship. Every six years after you work it really hard, we're called to restore our relationship with the land, essentially. And it struck me as a really kind of different way to think about our relationship with, with creation. Um, but it sort of made sense to me. And so I was kind of wondering, um, uh, when, Laura, have you seen efforts to restore or our, repair our relationship with creation or waterways? Um, so I like backtrack history. Uh, so the industries that I currently uh, monitor, basically in the past they used to just directly dump all their waste into the river. And so it was a really nasty kind of gross thing. If you look at our architecture down the river, um, it's changing now because it's a lot cleaner, but previously like no one wanted to live along the river. Uh, those of you who have lived in Chicago a while probably remember those days. Uh, like buildings would be faced away from it. Um, so over the years, I think we as a city, we're realizing how important of a resource it is. And so there's a lot more efforts to make sure that uh, the water that's there is clean. Um, and as you can see, like there's a lot of progress as there's been, I mean- There's a river walk downtown. Yeah, there's a river yeah. walk downtown. You see like people kayaking. Um, our commissioners actually just took a dunk in the river, which is like totally not something that would have been safe to do like 20 years ago. Um, there's actually a part of the river that's, it used to be called Bubbly Creek, and basically uh, <laughs> is right by where all the meat packing industries were. It's kind of around Bridgeport, but they would basically like throw in uh, the carcasses of meat in there. Sorry if this is all kind of gross and like too much information, but it like the river would literally bubble from all the pollution. And so that's been cleaned up. Um, obviously we have a lot uh, farther to go, um, but I, I, I think, you know, in terms of uh, 
the pollution levels, it's definitely gone down. But I think we're also, and this is maybe a little bit gross, but I'll talk about it. Um, we're also trying to, like, as a department, move towards resource recovery. Um, so nobody really wants to think about this, but we have to clean out all the human waste from uh, the water. And, like, where does that go before we just kind of, like, put in landfills, but they realized that it could actually be cleaned up and used as fertilizer. Mm. So FYI, Maggie Daly Park, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> there is a layer of what we have termed biosolids, but it actually makes the, um, mm. the, the plants and uh, greenery actually grow a lot better. And so we're trying to find more creative ways that we're not just uh, using our resources and then getting rid of them or like putting them in landfills, but like finding a way to um, reclaim our land and like make sure that we are giving back to the earth and not just uh, using it, all of its resources. I love that as an idea <laughs> too. I mean, that's great. Also, for those of you who are taking notes, uh, trying to help her prepare her statement on dates about what she does. Uh, <laughs> don't talk about that either. Yeah, that. But, but I, I love that idea because on what, for one thing that kind of comes to mind is, is it, is it, it lead the, the way that renewal can happen when we begin the, to like apply ourselves to efforts of restoration, but also um, it reveals to me a little bit about our shifting relationship with what we consider waste, right? Like there's, there's a lot of shame that could, and, and kind of like ick factor around talking about things like biomasses, um, and yet at the same time, they don't have to be something that we try to like pretend doesn't exist, but if we sort of think a little bit more deeply and creatively about them, they actually, this sort of reveals the tremendous gift of, of God's design of creation, right? That these things can actually become the, the seedbed or you know, opportunity um, for a new kind of renewal. And, and I think one of the things that I really appreciate about you sharing that made me think a little bit more about relationships too was that you know, there are things that, that, that we, you know, we can try to repair and restore our relationships and it doesn't mean that, that everything will then just go back to perfect goodness, right? Just like in our, our relationships with other people. But sometimes when we hurt each other and we, we it takes ongoing, it requires ongoing um, efforts to restore and to do, to trust, try to do better, um, but, but a, a kind of edge of grace or a margin of grace around it to think about, you know, we won't necessarily get to perfection, but we can, we can get a little bit better and that counts for something, right? Now there is a river walk and now the water commissioner can jump in the river so without dying of cancer immediately. So, um, you know, these are just, you know, stomach issues. <laughs> right, yeah. That's a little skin, yeah. So um, anyway, but uh, that, that is a really helpful way for us to think about our own city um, and how that kind of looks. And so, you know, I, but Laura is a little bit shy, so she really was sort of like, didn't want to stay up here after um, I finished uh, the sermon. So um, let's say thank you to Laura for um, sharing. She was a little bit um, uncomfortable with the idea of me calling what she did co-preaching, but when we share about our lives, we are preaching God's word. Right, we are when the things that we learn about what what God is doing and what God is up to in our lives speak a word about who God is and how God is today. And so, it is co-preaching, even if you don't like that um, or if you're intimidated by that phrase. I'll put it that way. So, in today's passage, um, it actually kind of kicks off a series of directives about what it means to live lives that practice relationship restoration and renewal. And it begins with the land. So the, the it, this series sort of begins with talking about our relationship with the land. But if you read further, 
Uh, it goes on to describe this practice of a jubilee year, um, which happens every 50 years, and it is, a, it is a practice of economic restoration and renewal for everyone in society. So that's a really interesting, uh, if you kind of want to get into Leviticus, I'd say start at uh, 25, and you can kind of look and see what, what an alternative economy might actually look like. Um, and when, so when I step back to look at the whole picture and I see the point of it all, um, what I see is this. Nothing belongs to us. We live on borrowed time and on borrowed real estate. We live at the pleasure and the generosity of a God who calls all of creation good, who, who designed all of creation for mutuality and to be in relationship. Contrary to what Woody Guthrie's saying, this land is not your land, or, and it's not my land. This land is God's land. And what we do with that land, what we do to ourselves and to one another, um, also informs our ethic and understanding of how we understand what it means to be in relationship with each other. So today is Earth Day, as some of you might know, which means it's a great opportunity for us to reflect on what it means to care for creation, not just because it's a good thing to do in general, right, but because uh, it is woven in, because we are woven into its existence on Earth and its purpose on Earth. Creation is struggling under the burden of our American lifestyles. Things have to change, not only because of the impact on the environment, right, which is true, but also because it abuses God's vision for creation. It abuses what God's intention for us to be as a system that works together. When we consume more than our fair share, we begin to embrace mindsets of entitlement. Mm -hmm. We begin to uh, cultivate appetites of excess. And we, have, we um, practice a kind of spiritual indifference to the people who suffer from our bloated bellies and our bottomless appetites. This is a betrayal. It's a betrayal of our original vocation to be stewards, caretakers, cultivators of life. Now, like most big problems, it is easy to feel overwhelmed by it all. But you might, and you might feel like you've got to be like in all, all in or not at all, right? But that's just kind of a paralyzing way to think. You don't have to be an eco-Nazi. You just have to start somewhere, right? So how can you begin to faithfully engage this ethic of relationship, restoration, and renewal that shows up in our passage for today. Well, the first thing I thought was, you know, define your relationship. It's a DTR, right? Uh, so to begin, you maybe should assess your relationship. How are you doing? And one way to do this might be to take the ecological footprint calculator to see where you are in your consumption. Then practice restoration. Um, one activity for us as a community is to participate in this annual Chicago River Cleanup Day on, on May 12th. We're encouraging folks to sign up for the Pink Tom location um, in Chinatown so, so that everyone can kind of be in the same spot. You, but you can sign up for a spot anywhere along the river to help clean up. And then in your daily lives, you might adjust to reflect uh, a healthier relationship with the earth. One idea might be to commit to eat as locally as possible, um, which you can do by shopping at the farmer's market or subscribing to produce boxes. You might travel less on airplanes or opt for public transit more regularly. Uh, one thing that I'm thinking about doing and I feel convicted about is to maybe eliminate meat from um, my diet once a week. It's a manageable amount. Another way um, at a more kind of deeper uh, below the surface level might be um, to take a Sabbath yourself. Stepping away from productivity, stepping away from working the land to rest. And part of what drives, I think, our unhealthy relationship with creation is our culture of constant 
productivity. When the people are told they can't work the land, it means they're being forced to step outside of the demands of their economic system. And in the void of that income, there is, they experience an opportunity for the ways that God provides. The passage describes that the land will actually continue to grow wild on Sabbath year and produce enough uh, produce, fruit and vegetables, to support the needs of the people for that year. It's just not enough to harvest and make money from. So a Sabbath can kind of pull you out of the daily hustle and realign your values and lens in a way that both renews your spirit and allows you to experience God's provision in a new way. And finally, seek renewal. As you begin to make small changes, look for ways that you are experiencing renewal within yourself. Do Do you pay more attention to what you're eating? Are you meeting the farmers who are growing your food at the farmer's market? If you're driving less, are you experiencing your city in a new way? How do you feel more connected to, more aware of the world around you? We do these things because they are good for all of creation, which includes us. They help us be less anxious, more generous, and increase our sense of connectedness. You might not end up hugging a tree, but you will find doors that never knew existed open up in your spirit. and Maybe you feel a deeper sense of connection to the trees around you. You'll find and discover pathways that help you see the world and yourself in it in powerfully new ways. And isn't that what a life of discipleship and faithfulness to God is all about? Let's pray. God, we thank you for the gift of creation, and we thank you for our relationship with it. Help us to be people who live more deeply into that relationship, embracing the mutuality that it demands, and finding ourselves surprised and enlivened and transformed by what shows up within us as a result. We pray this with gratitude in the name of the one who was there at that moment of creation. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.